Well, welcome to another edition of the To Be Discussed podcast with RNA. I'm your uh, host, Riley Payne, along with my best friend, Adrian Herndon. And we have another very special guest with us today, my good friend and fellow pastor, Brother David Jackson. And uh, today's episode is going to be about Fundamental Baptist and what it really means. And and we want to unpack some things for you as we were getting ready for the show this week. I threw the idea out there to Adrian. I said, why don't we have some guests on and just talk about some interesting topics for the next three or four weeks. And that's just what we're going to do here. And so... uh, Again, it's going to be a little different than what we've been doing, but I think that you'll certainly enjoy it. Anything you want to say, Adrian? Um, nothing by way of, you know, I, like I said, I was raised up in the church, a, a missionary Baptist church. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know too much about the fundamental Baptist. Uh, of course, they didn't ever tell us anything about that or what it meant. But it was until I got in ministry that I kind of started seeing the what I would say the political side of ministry and I got a little bit of what it meant to be like Southern Baptist and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, man, I'm really excited about uh, the journey we're about to go on. And like he said, uh, over the next couple of weeks, we will have other guests on. Uh, and this is leading up um, us preparing other stuff tied to our show and our uh, media business. But uh, it's I'm, I'm very happy. I'm very, you know, Glad to be here because I'm about to learn a lot of stuff that I never knew about. And I'm excited to just hear what Brother uh, David has to say. And uh, it's an honor to have you on the show. And let's get going. Let's get this uh, show on the road. So, Brother David, before we start asking you any questions, I do want to give you a more formal introduction. Brother David's known me all my life. In In the 1970s sometime was when you got saved under... My papa, Brother Paul Knight, at Concord Baptist Church. And then Brother David went on to surrender to the ministry under Papa. So they've grown up with my family all through the years. And back in the late 90s, early 2000s, over at Oak Hill Baptist Church, I was born in 1999. And Brother David would hold me up there while he was leading the singing. And my papa would hold me while he did the preaching. And so he's told me from that time on, and uh, we've stayed in contact, stayed close down through the years, and God recently opened up a door for us to serve together uh, and start a church in the Lafayette community over here near Pittsburgh, Texas, and uh, so we're just tickled to death and uh, so glad to have you in my life and be able to serve with you, Brother David, and and we're just looking forward uh, to having you here on the show uh, just to share a little bit of what it means to be a fundamental independent Baptist. Well, it's a, it's a pleasure to be with you guys today and an honor, really. And uh, many people grow up what we call Baptist and Baptist churches. Very few, if you ask them today why they are a Baptist, very few can actually tell you why they're a Baptist, uh, much less a fundamental Baptist um, and so we're gonna we're gonna dive into that a little bit today and just uh, maybe touch the surface of a little bit about what we believe as a fundamental Baptist and uh, the doctrine that we believe according to the Word of God mm-hmm. well where I wanted to start out was uh, get you to kind of explain what a true fundamental independent Baptist is because as you and I have talked down through the years there's a large misunderstanding about that 
you know, and a lot of people think that it's one thing that when it, when it's really not. Yeah, fu- fundamentalism uh, is not something that just started. Fundamentalism has been around since the days of Christ, mm-hmm. and um, uh, fundamental independent Baptist, as we uh, call uh, ourselves as a, as a Baptist, uh, is nothing new. Uh, it's been around a long, long time. There are many, many, many fundamental independent Baptist churches all across the United States and really around the world. Uh, first of all, being a fundamental is uh, fundamentalist is standing on the fundamentals of God's word, mm. uh, even if it means to stand alone. Uh, that's what fundamentalism is. Someone, someone once asked Brother Jack Howells of First Baptist Church, Hammond, Indiana and home of the world's largest Sunday school, are fundamental Baptist changing. And to his comment, he replied, no fundamental Baptists don't change, but folks quit being fundamentalist. Mm. Wow. Yeah. A fundamental Baptist believes in every doctrine the King James Bible stands for. Mm-hmm. A fundamental Baptist uh, believes uh, according to Mark sixteen fifteen, that we are to be soul winners. Mm-hmm. Uh, we believe in missions and giving, uh, giving the money uh, to missionaries and not through some board somewhere that yes. take uh, the money for themselves to pay salaries. We believe that the money should go to the missionary themselves uh, to uh, on the mission field to see the uh, souls being saved. Uh, being a fundamentalist, we believe in separation. And um, uh, according to uh, 2 Corinthians six seventeen, and the Bible says, come out from among them and be separate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, many folks have their own ideas about what that means. Um, and we may talk on that a little bit, but we believe in being uh, a separated Christian, <laughs> separated from the world unto the Lord Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Um, and so uh, that that is just kind of a, a quick uh, explanation of what fundamentalism is. And, and everything you heard there, folks, there's nothing wacky about what he just no, said. No, it's straightforward. Yeah. yeah, it's to the point. And the two biggies that, or well, you, you hit three biggies there. We believe every doctrine that the King James Bible teaches. Mm-hmm. That means everything that's in there, yeah. we believe that, and we teach it in our churches. But the, the missions thing, we were just at a church this past Sunday, mm-hmm. and the missionary reported directly to the church. Correct. He received an offering that day that went directly to him. And, and he had to report how many souls were getting saved and all of this. And, and what that cuts down on is years ago, and, and you know who this is, there was a, a head of the missions department, and he was taking 90% of the money and keeping it for salary. These churches, these associations would send him money and he would keep it for salary. Well, he was paying himself and his secretaries more than the missionaries were getting. And then there were reports of these missionaries sitting there doing nothing, but they were taking a check every month because they didn't have to report back to the churches. See, that's why it's so important that you fund independent missionaries yourself and have them come back. And I love how they come back, they give us a report, and we know that they're out on the mission field knocking doors, going soul winning, having baptisms, and all those things. There there must be accountability 
to anyone who calls himself a missionary, whether they're missionaries here in the States or missionary overseas, there has to be accountability for the work that is going on uh, because God holds us accountable as a church to where our money goes to. And uh, if it's going out there to support somebody's lifestyle, then it's not being used for the work of God. And so they have to be accountable just like a pastor or church is accountable to God. They must also be accountable uh, to what they're doing on the mission field. Well, and, and the third biggie that you, you hit on was separationism. Mm-hmm. It amazes me how many Baptists, so-called Baptists, think it's okay to endorse other denominations that don't teach the same salvation we do. And, and they think, oh, that's just okay because they, they mean well. Well, they might mean well, but well-meaning people go to hell every day, you know? Yeah, it, it, we don't, we're not here to bash any uh, faith, um, and, and I say faith, I could easily say religion. We're not here to bash anybody. Uh, but at the same time, the Bible does tell us that we're to come out from among them and be separate uh, separate from the world under under Jesus Christ, and uh, I I'm not uh, I'll say this as politely as I can uh, I'm not a Protestant right exactly uh, I am a fundamental Baptist right uh, I was never a Catholic I, and I didn't break away from the Catholic Church right I'm a fundamental independent Baptist and uh, so uh, it's it's um, uh, well, it's just it's who I am, mm-hmm. based on my faith, according to the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And, and I understand, folks, when we when we're talking about this separation, we're not saying that you can't, you know, uh, be friends with them or anything right. like that. But you just can't bow down, count down to their doctrine. You know, you can't just just to be friendly say, "Oh, well, yeah, you're right." No. They need to know what the Bible says, and if the Bible teaches something that is different than what they're teaching, you can politely show them and do it in love. You know, you and I have talked about that many a time, but David, there is a loving way to show people right. th- these doctrines, and, and you and I have talked about that. Right. Doctrine. Yeah. And, I, and we talked, uh, just like we talked uh, a lot, as you said, uh, what we need now in this world, and since it's been since the beginning, is more conversation about the scripture and what it means mm-hmm. so people can get a clear understanding of God's intention through his intentions through his word mm-hmm. i think a lot of a lot of times um, we fail to do that therefore we have people who don't who aren't as open because they think we're oh we're just going to throw a scripture out there and then bash them with it well no let's sit down mm-hmm. let's you know let's have a conversation let's yeah. talk about it, what it means exactly. and what God uh, intends for it to mean we, we use the word fundamental independent, and we, we learned just a little bit about what fundamentalism means. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of people are really confused, especially this day and time, of the word independent. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'll be glad to try, to try to enlighten you on that just sure. a little bit. Uh, I find nowhere in the Word of God that uh, it, where it tells us to be linked up with a uh, part of an association or a convention. Mm-hmm. Uh, I find that nowhere in the scriptures. And uh, to be an independent Baptist um, is, ver- to me, is very important. Um, the critics may say that fundamental independent Baptists do not fellowship with other churches. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing could be further from the truth. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we very much 
have fellowship uh, with other churches of like faith. Second mm-hmm. uh, Peter one one, Simon Peter said uh, he was a servant and an apostle apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained like precious faith mm-hmm. with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, as an independent Baptist, we're separated from any association or convention of churches. We we base our teaching upon the King James Bible and not a Sunday school quarterly that mm-hmm. no one ever reads or studies. <laughs> right. um, yeah. Jesus Christ is the head of the church, according to Colossians 1.16 and Ephesians 5.23. The pastor is the under-shepherd, if you will. Uh, or overseer of the church, and he is the spiritual leader, mm-hmm. uh, according to Acts twenty twenty eight. And unlike many Baptist churches today, most fundamental independent Baptist churches still believe in allowing the Holy Spirit to lead the church. Right. Yeah. Uh, we still believe in uh, the Holy Spirit uh, giving the pastor his sermons, mm-hmm. and he convicts the church through the studying and the preaching of the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is independent. Uh, being an independent or fundamental independent Baptist, and so uh, I, uh, I like you, Brother Riley, grew up as a missionary Baptist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love our missionary Baptist friends. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of my fondest memories uh, were growing up as missionary Baptist, especially mm-hmm. under your grandfather, mm-hmm. uh, of whom I uh, received Christ as a young boy, and whom I surrendered to the ministry under. Mm-hmm. and uh, uh, taught my first Sunday school lesson, preached my first sermon, yeah. uh, and, uh, and learned many valuable truths uh, in, in that ministry. I, I've preached mm-hmm. in Southern Baptist, and uh, I think there's a, many of them out there that are doing a great job. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, we must be obedient to the Word of God. We must study mm-hmm. to show ourselves approved unto God. And in doing so, uh, I can come up with no other answer but to be a fundamental independent Baptist. Well, and you and I have talked about this is the missionary Baptists today are not the ones my papa pastored. Not at all. They're, it's not the same. They've drifted. Yes. And they've drifted in what they believe. They've drifted in what they teach and how they do missions. The whole nine yards. So the danger of not being of being linked up like that is when one goes, everybody else goes. Because well, true. if they're going, then we got to go that way, and it starts getting dictated kind of down that this is how we're going to do <laughs> missions, and this is what we want you to teach, and right. and all those things. And so when we talk about our missionary Baptist friends, most of them that we were friends with and knew, this ain't the the missionary Baptists that they were, you know. Right. <clears throat> yeah, and and don't don't get any of us wrong. There are very good fundamental missionary Baptists mm-hmm. out there today who yes. preach the King James Bible, who still preach sound doctrine, mm-hmm. and uh, just as well there are there are independent fundamental Baptists who are so far out there they're no longer scriptural, and you mm-hmm. want to be careful of uh, being associated with people like that. Um, and so, and, and 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 Brother Riley, I've even heard. 
sound, fundamental Southern Baptist mm-hmm. preachers get yes. up and preach the King James Bible <coughs> mm-hmm. and preach it with authority and conviction. Dr. Adrian Rogers was wonderful oh up goodness. in T- Bellevue, Tennessee, yes, yes. and he was a fundamental preacher. That's right. Uh, you yeah. know, if, if you just heard him and didn't know where he was pastoring, you'd yeah. have thought, man, here's a fundamental independent Baptist yeah. preacher. We, we can learn <clears throat> we can learn a lot of truth uh, from from any of these men mm-hmm. uh, in the fundamental ranks of Baptists, whether missionary or Southern or independent, uh, and, and as long as they're preaching the truth. And we also learn what's not right. Right. Uh, if yes. you study your Bible and the Holy Spirit gives you the understanding and the convictions of the Word of God, when you hear somebody that's not preaching the truth, you automatically know it's mm-hmm. not the truth. Exactly. Yeah. So, so you're talking about, you hit on it, and it kind of leads to the second thing that I told you I want to talk about is some of these fundamental heroes. Now, before we get into some of the more famous ones that you know, I want you to just embellish me for just a few minutes here <laughs> because you knew my papa in his heyday, mm-hmm. you know, when he could, re- I mean, not my papa could preach to the day he died, yeah. but I remember them telling me stories. If you could talk a little bit about that, you know, because <laughs> he was a good fundamental preacher even even in the... When, when, yeah. when uh, as a as a young person, I, of course, I did get saved under his ministry, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, he brought me alongside and and uh, taught me. He was uh, one of my heroes of the faith growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, many other men there, uh, brother J.C. Henderson, yes. uh, brother Cheshire, yes. uh, different men of God that I knew as a missionary Baptist, and who kind of either took me under their wings or I heard them preach enough that I thought, wow, you know, that's amazing, uh, where I learned some basic fundamental truths of the Word of God. And uh, your dad was no different. And, and during high school, we would uh, we would uh, always, after we eat our quick lunch, we'd go out to the front of the school and we'd sit in our car and we'd always invite somebody uh, to come in and sit down and we'd we'd share the gospel with them with them and we didn't understand we, we weren't really educated enough in, in in the Bible to lead them to the Lord so to speak so when we got them to the part where they were convicted and want to be saved we'd call your your granddad up there and he'd come in and bring his Bible and he'd sit down with us and lead them to the Lord Jesus yeah. Christ and That's so awesome. that was my first experience with uh, being a soul winner. Mm-hmm. And it may not even be been called soul winning back then, but it was leading people to Jesus, Jesus which is right. what we're called to do. Yeah. And so uh, these were some of the men uh, in the missionary, fundamental missionary Baptist who, who uh, taught me at an early age to have a, a love for winning souls mm-hmm. and a love for the church and a love for preaching. And uh, yeah, because those, especially Brother uh, Cheshire yeah. and and Papa Boy, they were good pulpiteers. Yes. I mean, they could really preach. Yeah, in absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I I, I seen uh, Brother Cheshire get on the edge of the pulpit one time and had his heels. If you can envision this, he had the back of his heels on the edge of the pulpit, and he was leaning out and he was pointing that finger and he was preaching. And and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, wow. What kind of man of God is this? <laughs> and we're talking about Brother Cheshire was probably what six six. Oh, they say he was a tall man, yeah, big man. Yeah. And Papa uh, had him a bunch of times out at Concord yeah, yes. to preach. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but from from there, in uh, in nineteen eighty one, being a member of the um, uh, Missionary Baptist Church uh, in our area. 
I heard of a man uh, down in Longview who pastored church, had just been there about uh, a year or a little less, and uh, we were invited to go one Sunday evening after uh, our uh, Sunday afternoon uh, devotional, and uh, we slipped out, <laughs> and uh, we went down and heard this man, and I'm sitting there listening to him. I've never... Never in my life, all the preaching I've heard and, and everything, I never in my life heard anybody preach the Word of God with conviction and power and authority as I heard this man preach and come to find out it was a fundamental independent Baptist church and mm -hmm. so was the pastor uh, who, was, who was actually taught at Hiles Anderson College under the great Dr. Jack Hiles. Mm -hmm. And uh, it wasn't long, just a few weeks later, we actually joined the church and uh, it became a, uh, a ministry that I had never been in before. Mm -hmm. And uh, during the years that I was there, 20 plus years, I had the privilege of hearing whom I consider some of the great <coughs> men of the faith. Uh, men, men such as... Uh, Brother Jack Howells and Dr. Lee Robertson, Lester Roloff, Harold Seitler, um, uh, and, uh, and and of course, you know, as we talk about fundamentalism and some of the preachers who um, help make it what it is today, mm. we we think of names like Billy Sunday, right. uh, John R. Rice, mm -hmm. uh, along with Jack Howells and these men I mentioned a while ago, uh, as well as Bob Jones Jr., W.A. Criswell. A.W. Tozer. Yes. Uh, these were men of fundamentalism. They may not have all been a fundamental independent Baptist, so to speak, but they, but were, they were Baptists and they were fundamentalists. Yes. And they helped form fundamentalism as we know it today. Yes. Uh, and they, they, if you will, they uh, formed the, the path to what we have today. Uh, men who love God, uh, uh, they were on fire for God. They're uh, they they built a great ministry uh, in winning souls to the Lord, um, and uh, having 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 said that, uh, I'm I want to read something in just a minute. If you have anything you want to add to that, well, and and the thing about it is, <clears throat> these men that Brother David uh, just listed, uh, he actually got to hear them. Yes, all, all those men they would come in and do these. Conferences. Well, not preaching. all of them. I wasn't around with Billy Sunday. Oh, well, not Billy Sunday, but I. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that would be dating you a little bit. I'm there. not that old. Uh, Billy Sunday, boy, that's a long way. Billy Sunday was around when Billy Graham got saved. I mean, oh, that's wow. how Billy Sunday was. Yeah. Billy Sunday, quick story while he's looking that up. Billy Sunday was a baseball player. Correct. And Billy Sunday got saved and quit baseball to be a preacher. Mm -hmm. And uh, would go all across, and, and I didn't know this till you told me, that he would pack it out so bad that he would have to preach in there and then go out there and preach to the people who were out there because they couldn't all hear him. Yeah, preach, preach sometimes all night long because there was such a crowd that wanted to hear him preach. To have to filter him through. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and that was everywhere he went. You've got that pulled up? I, I do. I, I want to read this. I, I think it's such a... Uh, uh, an awesome message uh, from a good friend of mine uh, who is actually uh, Dr. Jack Hiles' son mm -hmm. uh, who I'm a dear friend with and, and I think is doing an absolutely uh, wonderful job there in, in uh, Georgia with a ministry called Fallen in Grace mm -hmm. where he helps uh, fallen 
ministers, fallen Christians, uh, to restore their life and their families back to the Lord. And he he wrote a, a message this morning uh, called "Don't Play with Fire," and I want to read that to you to help maybe understand where some of our churches are, where some of our pastors are, where some members are in the church. And he said, recently I was talking to a friend who asked a pastor who had fallen into moral sin. The pastor was not a Baptist, but was well known throughout the country and had built a great ministry. He questioned why someone with such a great ministry would fall so hard into sin. And I shared with him this thought. He said, when a person begins in their ministry, they often are greatly used because of their intent passion for God. Mm -hmm. They're on fire. As a great preacher of old said, set yourself on fire and people will come and watch you burn. The brighter the flames of passion for God, the greater a following a man will have. I am convinced that a passion for God is an important aspect of being greatly used of God. Passive Christians seldom do great works. They may accomplish a great work, but typically do not build great works. Mm. When I started in the ministry, I had an intense uh, passion for God. The passion for God gave me a passion for souls and a passion for revival. I remember it burning within me. I remember the sacrifices that I made in order to serve my God. When a man has a great passion for God, often he will give himself a great ministry. If he is not careful, his passion for God will be transferred to a passion for the ministry. He will not even notice it. The fire will move away from God and onto the ministry of God. It looks as so much it, it, it looks so much the same. He makes the sacrifices, uh, he makes the same sacrifices, but this time it's not as much for God as it is for the ministry. Mm. When he did what he did in the past for the sake of God, he now does for the sake of building his ministry. It's undetectable by him and others. He no longer is on fire for God as much as he's on fire for the ministry. Same fire, different passion. That happened to me. A youth conference started building because of a passion for God. Turned into a passion for a youth conference. Winning souls because of a passion for God turned into winning souls for a passion for the ministry. Preaching with a passion for God turned into a preaching with a passion for the ministry. And it is easy for it to happen with a successful ministry Ministry comes praise and that leads to the next step. What once was a passion for God and became a passion for the ministry becomes a passion for self. Mm. Suddenly, what you do is not for God and it really isn't for the ministry. It is now for self. The ministry is secondary to your own reputation and name. The satisfaction of self becomes more important than the influence for God or even the work of the ministry. When the fires of passion move from God to ministry and then to self, the fall is almost inevitable. Fire is power. Fire is used to create energy and for the right purpose that is wonderful. But let the fire lose the wrong place and for the wrong purpose and it is totally destructive. There is, that is exactly what happens to many in the ministry. What was a passion for God became a passion for ministry. Mm. Then eventually evolved into a passion for self. The fire that rages 
becomes destructive. What once burned for God now burns for the good of self. After I explained this to my friend, he said, that is what happened to that preacher. I remember when he had a passion for God. I thought the fire was still burning, but now I realize that the fire was not burning for God and it was not burning for his ministry. And I can now see that the fire was burning for himself because he became more passionate about his own fame and recognition than he did for God. There are those who have an intense passion for God. Their fire burns. Their fire burns are for the God are for the God's work. Be careful, beloved one. It is very easy for that fire to no longer be for the work of God and burn merely for the work. Then one day, not only is it not for the work of God, but it burns for the work of self. It begins with God, moves to a work of God, and then it turn, turns into a work of self. It happens, and that explains why someone who once burned so passionately for God ended up with a devastating sin burned in their own life. And that's from my good friend, Dr. <clears throat> David Howes. And, and sadly, that's what's happened to a bunch of what used to be fundamentalists have got that in their bones, and that's why they drifted. But, you know, and one thing there, I mean, that's why I'm, I'm like you. The whole time you were reading, boy, he and I were just looking at each other. We couldn't, <laughs> that's that's powerful stuff. Yeah. But we want to inject something, and because this is something you and I are really passionate about, Brother David, is even that guy, I don't know him, don't know what happened, but if he'll get right with God, yes, that fire can go back to being for God, and God will still use him. God doesn't revoke the call on people like that. Galatians 6 1 tells us that those who are, are spiritual to restore such a one, uh, every church, every fundamental church, ought to have a burning desire and passion for anyone in the ministry who has fallen into sin. Yes. If you do not have that passion, you're not right with God and you're not truthfully serving in a uh, New Testament church. Right. Because that is God's command to us who are uh, spiritual. You say, well, Brother David, I'm, I, I, I don't know that I'm that spiritual. We may not be, but God is. Yes. Mm. And yes. Uh, we serve through Jesus Christ who lives within us. And if Christ is spiritual and he lives within us, and bless God, we ought to be spiritual and be willing to go out and restore those who have fallen in the ministry. I don't care, Brother Riley. I don't. I don't care if they're if they're a pastor. I don't care if they're a missionary, mm -hmm. a youth director, a song director, a Sunday school teacher, or a layman in the pew. If someone you know has fallen into sin, the first thing you all do is fall on your knees and pray for that person, mm -hmm. and uh, that the Holy Spirit can do a work in their life. But more importantly, we need to be that person willing to step up to the plate and tell them that God still forgives. Mm -hmm. God still restores, and uh, God can restore, and God can put them back uh, to where they were at. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. Jesus said when he forgives, uh, he calls us, he forgives completely. He, he, he'll cleanse us and make us white as snow. Exactly, and... and we could go on, I mean, because you and I are very passionate sure, about that sure. that subject, but I, I want to do want to interject something right there. Notice, Adrian and, and 
you listeners out there, he never once mentioned nothing about dragging them up in front of the church. I was going uh, to bring that up. Yeah, I was bring that bring up because I know you're, yeah. you're big on yeah. that. Because I grew up in church uh, where I've seen this a lot with pastors. They were, you know, if they did something wrong, they were, they had to go up in front of the church, in front of the whole congregation, deacons and all, and say, state what they did and then ask for forgiveness. Yes. And uh, I remember being young and I'm like, okay, I don't understand. I, you know, that's his life, you know, <laughs> and that's his business. But as I got older, when I got into the ministry, um, I started to see, okay, you know, I, I get, you know, he, he's, he's looking for forgiveness from the con- congregation, but what would happen after that is what bothered me is because even when they would ask for forgiveness and forgiveness was given the deed of, uh, throwing them out and, Running over their name was still carried out. It's as mm-hmm. if the forgiveness never happened. Yeah, and that's the issue that I have. It, it, my forgiveness to you is personal to me. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it doesn't. You know, it doesn't matter whether if I forgive you, it doesn't affect him. Yeah, it, it affects me and our relationship. Mm-hmm. And so, <clears throat> my thing is, if we have truly forgiven someone. That's that it. it. Yeah. And he doesn't have to get up there yeah. and air out like me and Brother David said, we don't want to know your dirty laundry. We, yeah. got our, we don't want to look at you and think, man, we know what you did last week. <laughs> yeah. No. yeah, let me let me enlighten you a little bit on that. Nowhere, nowhere in the Bible does it say we're to go before a church and ask forgiveness. No, nowhere. It's not there. Um, and uh, when... When someone falls into sin, if you if you do something to offend me, mm-hmm. uh, before you ever come to me and ask forgiveness, I ought to be willing to forgive you. But if you offend me, come to me and 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 for, and ask for forgiveness. Right. Uh, but all sin, and listen this closely, all sin is against God. Mm-hmm. If we are to get forgiveness, it must first begin. With God, mm-hmm. the Bible says, "How often should we forgive?" And of course, the Bible clearly states, you know, seventy times seven. Well, which is forever. Which is forever because <laughs> well, because time you get to seventy times seven, you won't even remember what you're asking forgiveness for. Which is the point, by the way, of that, that story. That's exactly right. Yeah. And so, but a lot of people say, a lot of people say, you must forgive yourself first. Well, first of all, that's not even scriptural itself. Mm-hmm. Nowhere does the Bible say you have to forgive yourself. The, we sin against God. The forgiveness must come from God. And, and, and I'll throw this out there real quickly. But when the day that you ask Christ to come in your heart and save you, God forgave you of your past sins, your present sins, and your future sins. Christ can only die on the cross one time for your sins. And so when, when, you, when we still, uh, as a child of God who has been saved and Christ lives in our heart, uh, and, and there is no such thing as a perfect person. Mm-hmm. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But when we do sin, when we do fall into sin, then we must go to the Father and we must ask Him to forgive us our sins. And the Bible says He's faithful and just to forgive us. And, and, and the Bible actually uses the word confess. Mm-hmm. Not, we, yeah, not yeah, the other. Right. We must confess our sins. And uh, in other words, uh, I've got five kids uh, any any moment now, any day now, I'll have my fifteenth grandchild. Yeah. And if if one of them, one of my kids, ever did something wrong growing up, I wanted them to come to me and confess to me what they did wrong before I found out later. Mm-hmm. Because 
they're my child. I'm going to love them and forgive them regardless of what they did. You just want them to come to you. I want them to come to confess. That's what that's what Jesus wants us to do as a child of God. He's already forgiven us. He lives within our heart. He loves us uh, passionately. But what he wants us to do is come to him and confess what we've done. The forgiveness is already there. But the Bible says he'll he'll forgive us. And, uh, and so that's just... Nowhere, nowhere, nowhere in the Word of God does it say we must stand before the church, confess our sins to the church, and uh, and ask forgiveness. Mm-hmm. When when it's God's business to do that, not man's. And as you said a while ago, Brother Riley, <coughs> why would you want to air out your dirty laundry to somebody else? All that is going to do is put sin in their mind, and they're going to be thinking about you, or Adrian about you and what you've done and they're going to judge you every time they see you mm-hmm. because of the sin you've committed and you will never in their eyes be what you're supposed to be. Yep. But God is not that way. God is a forgiving God yes. and God forgives and not only does he forgive, he forgets. That's right. And you know, you brought up the difference between confession and asking for forgiveness uh-huh. there. And you preached that on a Sunday night over in Pine Acres I, I Church. Was, yeah, we were there. That, yeah. And he and I both got in the truck. And, I mean, we were like, man, we had never heard that. <laughs> I never really thought of it that right. way. And, I mean, that was such a freeing thing for me personally to hear that yeah. um, just because of different things in my life. I mean, to hear that, hey, listen, it's forgiven. That part's settled. Yep. You just, you know, God just wants that relationship yes. you know, for, for yes. you to go and confess. And that's just good wonderful stuff so we've kind of touched on this and this is kind of how i want to end it up here you know the direction of fundamentalism today mm-hmm. and and what what do you see from where you've gone through it and, and moving forward well fundamental independent baptist have i've seen the heyday <clears throat> uh back in the 80s and, and 90s and uh and and i say the heyday because of where i went to church i've seen the heyday there there mm-hmm. are some great fundamental uh, independent Baptists out there who are still doing absolutely wonderful work uh, for the Lord and uh, seeing souls saved every week and baptisms and and uh, teachings and and just doing a wonderful work. I, I do see a falling away of many of our Baptist churches, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I believe that, as I said in the very beginning. Fundamentalism has been around since Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And I see more churches uh, turning away from conventions and associations and turning independent because of what is taking place. And I think, I'm not going to mention anything, but I think over the next few months you're going to see uh, things that are taking place in churches that is just going to be horrific uh, mm-hmm. to our country uh, and to our churches. And so... Uh, I think it's something fundamentalism is going to be on the uh, growing uh, aspect of the church. I think you're going to see more and more of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, definitely uh, you and I, Brother yes. Riley, uh, are starting a, uh, a church from scratch. The building's there. Yeah, building's but, but there. The That's it. not. And uh, <laughs> it, it will be a fundamental independent Baptist church called? The Old Country Church at Lafayette. That's it. And uh, we, uh, we firmly and strongly believe in soul winning, and we will be going out knocking doors and soul winning, bringing them in, teaching them. And, and Brother Riley, we've talked about this so many times. 
fundamentalism is 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 teaching mm-hmm. converts and teaching church members the word of God, the King yes. James. So many people, and I and you've heard me say this ten million times, and I'll say it again. <laughs> many many people do not know what they believe and why they believe it. Not at all. Yeah. I don't care if they're missionary Baptist, Southern Baptist, Independent Baptist. It does not matter. They do not know what they believe as a Baptist. And I believe as fundamentalists, we need to get back to the basics of fundamentalism and teach the Word of God and why we believe what we believe. And I do believe, (coughs) excuse me, that we're going to see a rise in fundamentalism Mm -hmm. in in our country and our churches. Well, one, and you and I kind of touched on this in our conversation in the truck last Sunday. I mean, how great it would be it would just bless our hearts to be kind of on the forefront in this area of being able to show, hey, if you're a good, strong, fundamental church, you can grow, uh, yeah. you know, because a lot of churches don't believe they can grow. And I told you this in the truck yesterday that Dr. Howell said, you can grow anywhere if you look past the field and see the treasure in the middle of That's it. That's exactly right. He said, but, you know, so many people quit when they see the field. Yes. And they, they never find the treasure that's in the middle of it. And, and you know, that's what we're excited about, yeah. uh, you know, and... and just to see God move. Because God's opened up this door. You and I have been yeah. talking about this yeah. for a while. Yeah. And God has just really, and in the past few weeks, boy, it's just been one door opening up after another. It really has. And <clears throat> and every area of every state, every of our country, needs a good fundamental church, fundamental Baptist church that is teaching truth. And, and we want to be that one for our area. Just like a, a young man up in Oklahoma, uh, Alan Domel. Uh, doing a fantastic work up there uh, every day. I see him out soul winning, winning souls for Christ, mm-hmm. baptizing, and preaching the Word of mm-hmm. God. And uh, and folks, we must go back to that. We yes. must get back to the fundamentals and basics of the Word of God. And and I, I do want to interject there. When you read like this, this young man you're telling me about. I mean, he's you're always telling me he's got constant converts coming yeah. into his church and. Lord willing, that's what we're going to have, have baptisms. And I want people to understand that when we throw out these numbers, one, we're not making it about the numbers. But two, we're not fluffing it. These people that are getting saved and getting baptized are really getting saved and they're (laughs) really getting baptized. It's not just for the sake of, come on in, let's dunk you. No, these are people that that the fundamental Baptist pastor is making sure that they're sincere in their faith. You know, so that you don't have a whole bunch of these false conversions, you know, that you you see today. Well, let, let, let me inject real quick right there. We're not God. Right. Yep. When you tell somebody about Jesus and they bow their head and they pray, I have no earthly idea whether they mean that or not. Right. But God does. God does. That's right. And God, I'm not God and I'm not going to sit there and judge that person and say, did you really mean that? (laughs) You know, because that's between them and God. That happened to a kid, I know, where the preacher basically told him his prayer was insincere. (laughs) <laughs> and the kid won't talk to this day about getting saved. Well, we're, we're getting into a whole other subject, subject that yeah. we'll have to we, go about sometime. Yeah, but, we will. Uh, but but uh, get, just getting back. Guys, thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of this. Yeah. And, and it, it was fun. It was enjoyable. Yeah. And uh, love talking about our faith. Love, yeah, love well, I could do this all day. This is good <laughs> yeah. stuff. It was Yeah, I know. <laughs> Before we... Let go. Do you have any questions for Brother David? Because um, no, other okay. I, I do have a few uh, things to say. Uh, yeah, because I told you uh, was earlier this week. I guess mm-hmm. we were riding in the truck, yes. and I said, "Man, I said y'all." It might have been last week. I said y'all's name that you named the church would be tied to your vision, uh-huh. and 
Lo and behold, uh, y'all have what's it called? The, the old, old country church at Lafayette, yeah. Baptist Lafayette. Yeah. And so I, I see that now. I can see the sign saying that. And I think that's a great name because it's tied to y'all's vision. And then another thing is I've been talking about for the last couple of months is uh, God makes provision. Yes. Because uh, he's done it for us through this show and you guys with your church. And I've, I've seen now more, I think more than ever in my life so far, God making provision. I believe once you get lined up with God mm-hmm. in his will yeah. and you go after what he's put in your heart and uh, desire to do, um, he provides Yes. You know, God provides, and I believe that more now today than ever, and just because I'm a witness to it. Yeah. And so, to our listeners, you know, if you believe in God and you're saved, go after. If God is giving you a, a gift and He's giving you a vision, go after it. You know, He 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 will lead you and He will give you exactly what you need. All you have to do is just take that step of faith. And so, I mean, man, today was fun. Yeah, probably, I mean, I learned a lot about uh, <laughs> fun, uh, well, fundalism. Let, let me just say this real quickly, and I'll, I'll hush. Uh, <laughs> be, anytime you do something like this, and anytime you discuss your faith, your fundamental faith of the Word of God, you'll always have your critics. Mm-hmm. But don't let the critics discourage you. Let the Holy Spirit encourage you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. I had it's to remember tough. that. Yeah. <laughs> I had to remember yeah, that. Yeah, we will. But, Brother David, we, it was just so fun. It was. And uh, enjoy having you on and look forward to serving with you. And, and y'all keep on listening. And we'll be back next week with another interview on the To Be Discussed podcast with RNA. I'm your host, Riley, my good friend, Adrian. We'll see you next week.